Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I'll be your host for the hour. Today, we're going to be talking about employee empowerment. And with us today to help us have this conversation, we have Lee Willis Irvine, who is a HR professional and member of a number of uh, of boards, uh, nonprofit boards. And I'm going to have Lee share a little bit about herself in just a moment. Welcome to the show, Lee. Thank you, Cheryl. Yes, and then also on the show today we have Pierre Towns, and Pierre is the co-founder and a managing partner of Human Resources Capital Consulting um, Incorporated, which is based in. Carlsbad, California. Thank you also, Pierre, for being on the line. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Cheryl. Uh-huh. Thank you. Lee, why don't we start with you and ask you just to share a little bit about yourself so we get some perspective of the um, view that you bring to the show today. Sure, absolutely. I oversee diversity and inclusion at a um, Fortune 500 company here in San Diego. My mission here is really to best leverage employee talents for innovation and productivity in a manner that supports organizational values. I also have responsibility for um, communication and outreach, um, training, um, and really making sure that these things are leveraged to provide our company a competitive advantage. Wonderful, Lee. Anything else you want to share about your connection to the nonprofit world? Yes, I've also served on a variety of different boards here in San Diego, including Lead San Diego, the Urban League of San Diego County, and I currently serve on the board of Walden Family Services and I work with Athena San Diego um, along with my um, educational background. So those things on combination have given me a, a bit of experience in the nonprofit and human resources world. Fabulous. Thanks again, Lee. And then, um, Pierre, could we ask you to share a little bit about yourself as well? Uh, yes. As a managing partner of HRC Consultants, uh, we have a, a very large book of business in the both public sector and in the nonprofit sector. And uh, in addition to HRC Consultants, uh, I'm also the executive director for the Employee Empowerment Institute, uh, where we really dedicate our uh, our institute to uh, improving uh, thought leadership and and uh, thinking uh, as it relates to employee empowerment. Um, I also have uh, worked uh, for a uh, nonprofit, and um, currently I'm very involved in working with Room to Read, which is a nonprofit, an international NGO in. Uh, based in San Francisco. Fabulous. Uh, thank you so much. Um, we really welcome both of you to the show. I think you guys will uh, really enjoy what both Pierre and uh, Lee have to have to bring. Pierre, why don't we start the discussion with you and ask you just to share a little bit about what em- employee empowerment means to you. Well, employee empowerment traditionally has meant um, uh, organizations uh, taking the lead and creating a, an environment that allows employees to self-actualize, to, that, which uh, by that I mean allows employees to uh, be all that they can be, contribute at the maximum level within the organization. Um, in in a more more uh, more a less traditional view, uh, what we emphasize at the institute 
is uh, accountability on the employee's part to not just wait for the employer to create that kind of environment for them, but for the employee to actually take steps to uh, self-empower, to develop a stronger self-efficacy as it relates to their own empowerment and um, locus of control within the organization. And, you know, I'm going to ask you, Pierre, could we have you say a little bit more about that, what that looks like? Yes. Uh, a lot of employees think it's the employer's responsibility to, uh, to empower them. It's their, their supervisor's responsibility. It's their management's responsibility. It's the, you know, the organization's culture in general to empower them to be more effective in their role. And, and certainly the organization plays a very critical part in providing that kind of a climate and setting that kind of culture. But at the same time, employees have a responsibility as well. I mean, they have, they have a responsibility to, to conduct self-assessments, to have a better sense of what their strengths and weaknesses are, to um, uh, solicit feedback on their, uh, their abilities, and to commit themselves to working on those areas that, are, uh, that they are less effective in, uh, that will allow them to assume greater responsibility in an organization, that will allow them to make, uh, uh, make more significant decisions in an organization, as opposed to waiting for their, their supervisor to give them permission. Okay, and I'm going to um, push just one more space because um, I think it's great what you're saying, and I like the distinction that you're making re- between what the employee's role and responsibility uh, responsibilities are and then that of the employer. One of the things you said was the employer has responsibility to set the culture and the climate. What does the culture and the climate, what does that look like in order for it to be one that actually is an environment that nurtures or fosters empowerment? Uh, sure. Uh, it, it needs to be a climate where there isn't a centralized decision-making process. It's a, it's a climate where the, uh, the organization uh, makes an, an active and conscious effort to push decision-making and responsibility down in the organization. Uh, we, we like to say is that uh, the best decisions are, uh, the decisions should be made at a level in the organization where the, a competent decision can be made. So it, it shouldn't be made at a manager's level if, uh, if an individual contributor that's doing that job on a day-to-day basis uh, has the information and an understanding of the vision, mission, and goals and the context within which to make that decision themselves. Um, by running it up the, the, the chain of command to get a decision and then pushing that decision, that answer back down the chain of command, it creates a lot of inefficiency in the process. So by empowering your workforce and by allowing decisions to be made at the appropriate levels in, in the organization, um, the, the organization uh, benefits. Uh, the other things that the organizations can do is to address assumed constraints. Uh, some employees make assumptions about what they can and can't do based upon their grade level or their title or how the organization has worked in the past. And it's incumbent upon the organization to try and identify what those assumed constraints are and to address them, either validate that they are in fact true, so they're no longer assumed, but in fact real constraints, or in in more um, more active cases, um, actually letting employees know that it's okay for them to make decisions, mm-hmm. uh, that it's not uh, it's it's not um, uh, frowned upon, and also uh, understanding that when employees make decisions especially when you're pushing those decisions lower and lower in the organization, there are going to be times when they're going to make a bad decision. 
and they shouldn't be, you know, they shouldn't be killed for it. You know, they shouldn't be punished to the degree that it creates a, a negative reinforcement that would prevent them for, from making a decision in the future. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Pierre. Lee, let me have you jump in here and share a little bit about your thoughts on what employee empowerment means or looks like to you. Yeah, I think Pierre did a, a wonderful job of explaining the, the two sides of employee empowerment. Um, there really is a dual responsibility from the organization as well as the employee. I think the organizational role um, of culture is really critical of creating a culture that does have an open door culture um, and a risk uh, taking culture that's not adverse to risk and really employ it encourages employees to to take risks and to innovate and to feel that they can. Um, that part of feeling empowered that you can put forward a new idea and execute the idea without those, as Pierre said, assumed constraints is really, really important. That's what empowerment is all about. Um, As far as the employee goes, making sure that they actually do um, take action, often employees will get into that zone of ambiguity or fear of action. So um, moving forward and understanding what tools and resources are available for them actually utilize and exercise so they can make the most of the opportunities that are there for them. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you, Lee. Either of you, just uh, I think you've kind of touched a little bit on this, but just to speak a little bit more um, specifically or directly to it, what do you think are the challenges or benefits that are associated with the notion of employee empowerment? Any thoughts? Uh, certainly. I, I Initially, I mentioned productivity. Mm-hmm. By empowering your employees, you certainly uh, can increase the efficiency within the organization. Uh, Also, uh, you have the opportunity to develop your employees earlier in their careers. Uh, Often, uh, by empowering employees and pushing uh, responsibility further down in the organization, um, you give the employees an opportunity to experience uh, new business conditions and challenges and issues that that uh, in a in a, a more centralized environment, uh, they may not experience until they're two or three grade levels higher in the organization. Uh, so those are two of the benefits. Great, thank you. I don't know if Lee, Lee would like to. Yeah, absolutely. Anything you'd like to add or underscore? Yeah, I would think um, two additional things are employee engagement. So actually, um, employees being engaged in their jobs. They, um, so often you get employees who want to move up quickly in their roles, and that's really not always possible, but when they have the opportunity and are empowered to do different things in the roles that they're currently in, they're often more engaged in their jobs because that way you're able to provide broader opportunities. The other one is really innovation. You may find better ways to do, of doing things as well as just new technologies. So I think those are two great benefits. Great. Wonderful. Um, either of you have um, examples. I know that um, one of the things I appreciate, and um, Pierre, I think you kind of alluded to it with regards to when an employee has to go up the chain to get a response and you're kind of sitting there waiting from a customer perspective, it's, um, it can be a little frustrating. One of the things I've appreciated with my experiences in flying on Southwest is that the employees are very often empowered to address whatever concerns I have and help me feel that, you know, somehow I was compensated for an inconvenience or something going differently than planned. Um, have either of you encountered a work environment where employees have felt empowered to make decisions and to carry out their duties? And if so, what did you see as the uh, impact of that? 
in uh, my current role, our employees are definitely empowered to make those kinds of decisions. We try not to um, delay the process with a lot of bureaucratic um, decision-making. Rather, you definitely want to get feedback, but if you understand what the issues are, you want to move forward to um, make an effective decision uh, and one that really meets the needs of either the people at the end of the um, service or the product. So making those quick decisions is definitely critical. Mm-hmm. Good. Anything you would add to that PR experience you'd share? Uh, yes. Um, with uh, work that we did with uh, Alaska Pipeline Service Company in uh, in Alaska, uh, what we found as we went through a culture change process and moved to a more empowered organization is that employees uh, absolutely uh, tended to be more productive. Uh, we tended to shorten cycle times um, in, in terms of getting work done. Um, often uh, employees would display, as Lee mentioned earlier, a lot more ownership uh, in terms of the work that they did and sort of a, a a higher uh, job involvement uh, relative to the organization and the position that they held. And, uh, and all of those things were, were very uh, um, instrumental in helping to turn that organization around and helping to lower their, the, the staffing levels and the, uh, the cost. Great. Excellent. Well, I think we're going to actually take a brief break. And when we return, we'll come back and talk more about what leaders can do to foster empowerment in their work um, environment, as well as what are some of the common obstacles and ways to overcome and manage those obstacles. Please stay, stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are there any challenges to your success? You already have what it takes to turn these challenges into results in any area. Find out more when you tune in to The Power of Realism, Why Integrity Matters, with host Jeffrey Canavan. We all deal with adversity and challenges in life and business. We'll talk with those individuals who have faced these challenges and turned them into success stories. By making just a few shifts in your thinking, you too can be one of these success stories. The Power of Realism airs live on Thursdays at 10 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology 
and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions, Today we're talking about employee empowerment, and with us today to help us have this conversation, we have Lee Willis-Irvine, who is the, uh, actually she's an HR professional here in the San Diego area and serves on a number of nonprofit boards, or actually has served on a number of nonprofit boards uh, throughout the years. Uh, thanks again, Lee, for being with us today. My pleasure. And also with us is Pierre Towns, who's co-founder and managing partner of Human Resource Capital Consulting Incorporated based in Carlsbad, California. Thank you also, Pierre. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So just want to continue the conversation and maybe just throw the ball lead to you first and just ask you your thoughts on what a leader in an organization can do to foster employee empowerment. Now, we've kind of talked about some of those things, but just kind of zoning in um, what might be some things that you would highlight from what we've already discussed and anything you'd add to that piece of the conversation. Yeah, I think some things that are, are really important when you come down to specific behaviors for the leaders, number one is, is feedback, and I think that goes across the board. Um, you know, providing frequent feedback so people know how they're doing. You know, feedback can be for reward and recognition as well as improvement and coaching, but that really helps people feel empowered. It's the ambiguity that can throw them off. Um, also sharing goals and direction. People are much more confident and comfortable and more willing to be empowered themselves if they understand the broader goals of the organization. So really sharing that leadership and vision. Um, Trusting people so that they know um, that you trust their intentions and understand that they're really going to try and do the right thing. Uh, Those are things that are really critical and important. I think also being willing to delegate authority. It's one thing to say it, but if you're not actually willing to let go, then um, you've got a little bit of an issue right there. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Lee. Um, Pierre, anything you would add? Just a couple of things. I think Lee covered the, the significant areas, but uh, part of uh, a manager's responsibility is also to uh, build the capacity of uh, individuals in the organization they're going to delegate to. And Lee mentioned in part, you know, setting the vision, mission, and goals, um, creating the context within which the individuals will make those decisions. But also there may be some technical skills that need to be developed or some other um, uh, developmental areas that will help that individual, number one, be more effective in making those decisions, and number two, have more confidence in their ability to make those decisions. Um, the leader also has to be um, a, a, little, a little, take a few risks and be a little more risk-oriented because uh, once you let go, once you delegate, once you um, 
you sort of uh, push that responsibility over to a staff member, you have less control over the outcome, and you've got to be, get comfortable with that. And for some managers and supervisors, it's very difficult to, to let go of that control and, um, and to take the risk that something that they have ultimate responsibility for may go, may go um, uh, the wrong way because they're not directly involved. So that leads to a third thing, and that is that the manager and supervisor needs to spend more time coaching and following up. So you just don't delegate and walk away. You delegate, but you stay close to it. You coach, you mentor, you make sure that uh, the things are going as they should go uh, without, without being intrusive in terms of um, uh, trying to tell the individual how to do or how to assume those roles, but um, giving them the opportunity to be more creative and innovative in, in coming up with their own solutions. Mm-hmm. I would just like to add on, you know, um, Pierre's absolutely right because you know, empowerment is not, it's a process, it's not an event. So you really do want to listen and ask questions, provide that guidance to your employees, as well as, you know, reward and recognize um, the behavior when they are doing well. Uh, I think that's really important because you want to appreciate and provide positive reinforcement. Wonderful. Great. I think that's a fabulous list of I think I've, I've noted here um, the feedback, um, sharing the goals and vision, trusting, having the willingness to delegate the authority, building the capacity of the individuals to build their skills as well as their confidence, taking the risk and getting comfortable with um, maybe feeling a little bit less control. And then, Pierre, I wanted to have you say a little bit more about, I know Lee, um, wonderful with regards to making the notation, it's actually a process, not an event, and being sure that we, re- that we recognize and actually incentivize and reward the behaviors we want to see. Pierre, you talked more about with regards to um, doing more coaching and following up, but in a non-intrusive way. How can a, a supervisor and... Um, and our manager do that so that um, they are actually coaching, and it feels like a coaching situation, a coaching conversation versus a performance management conversation or a conversation that might feel like micromanaging. How, how, what might be some language or differences so that we know what that looks like? Yes. Well, uh, what managers tend to do is when, when they, they tend to be very directive, and I think... I think the coaching approach is, is an approach that is, uh, can be sort of compared to the situational leadership model of Ken Blanchard mm-hmm. in that um, you really have four different types of people that you're working with. You have people that are willing and, and to do the job and able to do the job. You have people that are willing to do the job, uh, but they're unable to do the job. You have people that are willing and able, and you have people that are uh, unwilling and unable. Um, and in coaching, you need to make sure that you're working with people that um, that are, have the, the ability to do the job, but may not have the confidence, or may not have the the um, the uh, the uh, locus of control, a personal characteristic that says that that they have uh, the ability to influence the outcomes of things in their world. Uh, they may not have strong abilities in those areas. And so in coaching, instead of providing them the answer, instead of being very directive and providing them with the answer, 
you should really sort of create scenarios uh, that allow them to arrive at their own conclusions. Um, you help uh, by asking probing questions. You help by uh, setting up uh, different scenarios and asking them, you know, given these different scenarios or given these different constraints, uh, how would you adjust um, your response or the project that you're working on um, to make sure that you satisfy those, those uh, parameters? So it, it takes more time because you're not giving them the answer. Uh, you're trying to set up a situation where they can think about it themselves and arrive at the right conclusion, mm-hmm. um, but it's worth investing that time. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, and I, and I love that. And I think it kind of goes along also with what Lee said about it being a process and not, event, not an event. And yeah. when I think about coaching skills, um, very much um, what you're describing, Pierre, it's reminding supervisors of the need to listen and to evoke with regards to asking those questions and doing the clarification as necessary and figuring out when do you need to go a little bit deeper and have discussion beyond the surface just to probe for, again, um, a meeting of the mind, so to speak, and then providing support along the way. Um, Using maybe more of the could versus a should language, again, along with more of the informing versus the telling. Lee, anything else you would add to this? So it feels like a coaching conversation and a coaching experience versus um, more of a um, directing scenario. I think, you know, um, most employees really do have the answers and letting them, you know, come up with those answers themselves and, and walk through and talk through the different scenarios so they can see how they play out really does make a difference. And, and that's a lot of what Pierre said. So mm-hmm. that process is just really, really important. And that's something that, you know, they learn over time. And it's something that once learned, you know, provides them the experience to do again on their own. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. Either of you want to share, uh, maybe think about with regards to obstacles that a manager might face or even an employee may face in um creating an environment or responding to a situation of being empowered? What might be some obstacles um, to really having an employee feel like the, the climate supports empowerment or maybe, an, maybe a uh, manager actually being successful in empowering others? And how might they actually overcome those obstacles? Yes, on the manager side, I would say they they have to be aware and, and face their own insecurities uh, in terms of uh, letting go and delegating and giving up control and in some cases authority uh, to someone else in the organization. Um, I think that uh, also they need to to make the commitment, uh, the time commitment that's necessary to to do this effectively. Um, so so many managers are are so busy with. Um, with uh, specific tasks that they have personal responsibility for that they don't devote enough time uh, managing their teams and leading their teams. And uh, so there has to be a commitment to devoting the amount of time necessary to do this effectively. And uh, on the employee side, uh, the employee really needs to address those assumed constraints um, to make sure that that they're not making assumptions about what they, they can or cannot uh, do within the organization. Uh, I like the, uh, the saying I heard many years ago, I'd rather ask for forgiveness than permission. Uh, so step out there and make a decision. And if you overstep, someone will let you know soon enough and you can ask for forgiveness for overstepping. But at least by doing that, you're starting to broaden 
and push out uh, the boundaries and help to identify the, the context and boundaries within which you have the opportunity to make decisions. And in many cases, uh, you're able to push that out further uh, than maybe the organization or your immediate supervisor had intended initially. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. Lee, anything you'd like to add as relates to common um, obstacles and our constraints? Looks like we're going to need to take another commercial break. So what I'm going to do, Lee, is ask you to think about that. Okay. And uh, when we come back from break, we'll get your response. And we'll also, at that time, also um, go to questions from our listening audience that they might like us to respond to. So we're going to take another short break, and when we return, we'll continue this conversation, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment rising to levels not seen since the Great Depression. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. With us today, we have Lee Willis-Irvine. HR professional, actually global diversity and inclusion for a Fortune 500 company that's headquartered here in San Diego. Thank you so much for being with us, Lee. Thank you for having me. Yes, and then also Pierre Towns, co-founder and managing partner of Human Resource Capital Consulting Incorporated that's based in Carlsbad, California. Thank you so much, Pierre. Thank you. And our associate producer has also joined us. Uh, Valerie Wright, thank you for being on the line, Valerie. Good afternoon. Thank you, Dr. G. Yes, thank you. Valerie, before we have you um, share with us questions from our listening audience, wanted to give Lee an opportunity to respond to thoughts around common obstacles and ways to overcome them to empowerment in the workplace. Sure. Um, definitely want to give us time to get to the questions, but a couple of things um, stood out to me from 
an employee perspective of, you know, possible obstacles, and those include um, ambiguity, um, misprioritization, as well as um, fear of failure. And I think that the best way of overcoming these is really communication, talking with your manager, employees talking with their manager to better understand what the larger goals are of the organization. Um, also, understanding um, from the manager, you know, exactly what their span of control is. Uh, that way, you know, I, I love the expression, and this was said earlier, you know, better to ask for forgiveness and permission. You know, let, let that be the department mantra, right? Have that communication up front. And also understanding what the priorities are, because it's one thing to take a risk, but if you're taking a risk on something that really isn't important, um, then it's not going to derive any value for the employee or the organization. Um, from a manager perspective, I think um, feedback um, may be a challenge because many managers are just uncomfortable providing feedback. Um, so that can be a, a big derailer. So it's really, really critical for managers to get on a, a regular feedback schedule with employees as well as um, operating at a more strategic level. Um, because it is easy to get caught up in the day-to-day, -day, right? So how do they operate at a high level that's giving their employees the opportunity to really be empowered to do those day-to-day -day operational activities? Fabulous. Thank you so much, Lee. Valerie, I'm happy to share questions that you've received from the listening audience. Excellent. Our first question comes from Wanda in New Mexico. Uh, Wanda's question says, I am a group lead in my department, I have a great manager, and she's very supportive of me and other leads, and she gives opportunities to take on responsibilities. I don't really feel empowered to go beyond what she tells us to do. For instance, I don't feel that it would be okay to make a decision about my group's current project before running it by her, and she is not always available for day-to-day -day decisions. How can I nudge her into releasing more decision-making to me and the other leads in the department? Okay. Who would like to take a step at responding to that? Well, I think I'll respond to that, Cheryl. Thank you, Pia. Uh, First of all, it sounds like uh, the caller has a great environment with, within which to, to deepen their, uh, their ability to, to demonstrate more empowerment in the organization. They've got a supportive manager that's already uh, comfortable apparently delegating uh, a certain amount of authority and responsibility to the team. Um, in terms of, um, of assuming more responsibility and becoming more empowered, the first thing I'd recommend is to deal with your own discomfort. Um, what, what I hear you saying is that you're not comfortable taking on more responsibility, but maybe your manager would be comfortable with you doing that. And so I would, uh, I would check in with my manager to make sure that, uh, number one, that uh, you'd like let, to let them know that you think you're able to and willing, certainly willing to assume more responsibility and to see if they have uh, concern about that. And also um, just being more comfortable with taking a few risks and making a few calls even without your supervisor's approval. Um, uh, that will be a way of testing, again, whether um, the supervisor has um, any serious concerns about you um, stepping out and, and assuming more responsibility. Uh, I would also say, though, if there is a concern expressed, uh, you need to make sure that you have a, a very open and candid conversation with the supervisor about um, uh, what you're trying to do, that you're trying to um, 
assist them in, in, in being the organization and the team in being more responsive and being more, um, more um, proactive in addressing issues as they come up. The supervisor isn't always available. The manager isn't always available. And so you're willing to, to uh, assume that role and, and make sure that they understand that you're not trying to undermine their authority. I mean, it's not uh, you reaching out trying to grab power. It's uh, you actually trying to um, uh, help your supervisor by relieving them of some of the things that you are capable of doing and your other team leads are capable of doing. Okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Did you have additional thoughts, Pierre? No, that that's fine. Great. Okay. Thank you so much, Pierre. I think that's um, a real good start for Wanda to just kind of start um, doing some self-examination and beginning to maybe have more dialogue. Um, Valerie, why don't we see? Is there another question? Yes, we have okay. a question from George from New York. He says, I am a director with three managers who report to me, and they have a collective total of 26 employees that they supervise. I feel that I'm too involved in the daily operations of each of their units. What are some first steps I can take to change this dynamic? I would love to have the kind of employee empowerment for my managers you have been discussing on the show. Not sure I know where to start, so what's my first step and where can I get more information on developing an employment empowerment strategy? Okay. Um, Lee, you want to respond to that initially? or Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy mm-hmm. to visit George. Um, you know, it sounds as though he's in a really um, great role. Um, three managers, 26 roll-ups. Um, I think the first place he has to start is really with himself, right? Isn't that where all change begins? Um, mm-hmm. So he's really going to need to start um, increasing his own communication um, and increasing his own communication with his direct managers by getting them to take on additional ownership and allowing them to lead and, and stepping back himself. So um, what I see is really a strategic vision, and maybe he has that. Maybe he's communicated that to his managers already. Um, and maybe he hasn't. If not, that's definitely going to need to take place. They need to understand what his broad goals are and how they relate to the larger organization and then allow them to create their goals that meet his objectives, right? Mm -hmm. So they need to develop goals. He shouldn't make them for them. They need to develop their own goals based on metrics and then have their employees meet those. It needs to be a cascading sort of communication and a strategic plan and an operational plan that they need to develop. Um, That way everyone has their own independent responsibilities. Um, There's a a lot of different resources and tools that he can use. A couple that I really like um, is Zap. It's a book. It's the Lightning of Empowerment. It's a great, really easy, easy read. And I would really recommend the book for the entire group. Um, it's something they can go through as an organization and will help the team understand you know, what it is that he wants them to do in terms of really being engaged and empowered themselves. The other is um, Emotional Intelligence um, by Daniel Goleman for him and for his managers as well. So they can really understand the effects that they have on their employees um, and really trying to encourage them to take ownership for their careers, for their development, for their work. Great. Thank you, Lee. Uh, Pierre, anything you'd like to add um, for George to consider? No, I think, I think Lee covered it very well. I, I, I'd recommend one other resource, and, and that's a book called The Oz Principle 
that uh, also focuses on accountability and shared accountability and uh, and uh, empowerment. Okay, great. And Valerie, could you did you have any other questions? No, that's it for today. Great, thank you. Could you remind our um, listeners the um, number and email they can contact with us at for um, sending topics for for future, I should say, topics that they'd like to have us discuss in the future, as well as questions they'd like to have us respond to? Absolutely. The number to call is 1-866-472-5790. If they want to send an email, they should send it to Dr. G at InnoVisions.org. That's D-R dot G at InnoVisions.org. Wonderful. Thank you, Valerie. All right. Valerie, Thank any you. thoughts you'd like to share before you um, leave us today? No, I think your guests are doing an absolutely fantastic job. <laughs> okay. Thank, Thank you, you so much. We All appreciate right. you. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so for yourselves, Lee, and uh, as well as Pierre, any additional thoughts that you'd share before we begin to transition to break as it relates to um, the um, comments that we provided for Wanda or George or just in general this topic of empowerment? Well, I would like to say that, that I just want to continue to emphasize that um, before we, we look to our management to empower us, let's make sure we're doing the things as, as um, um, staff, make, let's make sure we're doing the things to empower ourselves. Um, uh, make sure that we're, we're, we're being willing to take more risks, that we're willing to, um, to, to uh, do more research and learn more of our craft so that we're better able to make uh, these decisions when they come up, so that we have a, a clear understanding of vision, mission, and goals. And if that hasn't been communicated, that we initiate a conversation with our supervisor to have that understanding and that context mm-hmm. within which to make decisions. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is about not people giving us the authority to, to do these things, but us assuming that responsibility and, and taking the initiative. Yeah, and I really love what you say, Pierre, with regards to initiating the conversation if those things aren't there. I've even had executive-level people, um, you're talking VPs, um, executive VPs, say that they're waiting for direction for someone else with regards to the vision's not clear, so (laughs) they can't move forward with their function. It's like, hello. (laughs) Um, And so really, you know, how do we go about creating that vision that then hooks to whatever it needs to be hooked to or asking those questions to stimulate the dialogue to actually get what we need to move forward to begin to add value. Right. Yeah. So, no, I think real, real important. Lee, anything you'd like to add? You know, as Pierre took the employee side of, you know, encouraging employees to, to you know, exercise their individualism, I'll take the, the um, company, remind the organization to sort of take their own temperatures as well. You know, there is some benefit to doing um, climate surveys and culture audits of your organization to see, you know, what is the temperature? Are employees feeling empowered? Mm-hmm. Great point. Wonderful. Well, we're going to take a uh, short break, and when we come back, we'll ask our guests to give us some final thoughts with regards to what we can do as leaders to empower our employees and what we can do as employees to really walk in a, that space of empowerment. So we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. 
business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. When you are trying to establish your financial plan, there are all sorts of variables that you'll need to take into consideration, from the ever-changing economy and markets to investment risk and your own financial needs. How do you manage all of it to find a plan that will work for you? Tune in to The Insightful Investor with Bob Pugh. We'll help you iron it all out to help you stick to a financial plan with the knowledge that you need. The Insightful Investor is broadcast live Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and the Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions, Today we're talking about employee empowerment and have been just really, um, I think, well-informed with information provided from our two guests, Lee Willis-Irvine, who's Global Diversity and Inclusion at a Fortune 500 company. She leads that initiative. Um, the company's headquartered here in San Diego and has also served on a number of nonprofit boards. Thank you so much, Lee, for being with us. Thank you, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. And then also on the line we have Pierre Towns, co-founder and managing partner, of Human Resource Capital Consulting Incorporated based in Carlsbad. And and I know that Pierre has also worked with a number of public organizations as well as nonprofits. And thank you again for the wealth of knowledge you've brought to today's show, Pierre. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So as we begin to transition and kind of like wind down our conversation, any final thoughts, lessons learned, tips, that you'd like to provide our listeners as relates to uh, employee empowerment. Lee, why don't we start with you? Uh, I think just reiterating the fact that um, employee empowerment really is a a two-way street or or double-sided coin. It's something that happens from both the employee side and the organizational perspective. 
the employee is going to need to take ownership and take the initiative uh, and not wait uh, for something to be given to him or her. And the organization really needs to create a culture and a climate that's open to empowerment, um, not just lip service. And, and one way of doing that is to have an open-door policy, providing regular feedback to employees, and an opportunity for them to um, take risks in an environment that um, um, really does uh, provide reward for that risk as opposed to punishment. Um, I think also taking the time to provide climate surveys really does provide feedback to employers. From the employee perspective, um, really for them to have that conversation and ask for feedback is going to be really, really so important. So again, employee empowerment is something that has to happen as a synergistic dance rather than a, a, a solo. I so love that synergistic dance. <laughs> Thank you, Lee. And Pierre, how about yourself? Yes, I, I would add that in addition to asking for the external feedback, um, em, employees should um, should work to to do a more comprehensive self-assessment of their own strengths and weaknesses. And there, there are lots of uh, opportunities to do that. Online, there are a number of assessment instruments that are available uh, that um, uh, individuals can take. They can work with their HR departments, their human resources departments to identify uh, assessment instruments or to get uh, additional feedback from human resources in addition to their line management. Um, but they need to, uh, they need to um, take the initiative to really be willing to take a very hard look in the mirror at, um, at the things that they do well and the things they need to continue to improve. And then to be committed to making those, uh, committed to making those improvements. Um, in part, um, that could also include identifying what your dream job is down the road and identifying the feeder jobs, the jobs that would lead, that would help build the experience, knowledge, skills, and abilities to be successful uh, and to be a qualified candidate for that dream job. And conducting the gap analysis to understand what it is you, you currently possess and what skills and abilities you need to acquire in order to be more effective. And then just being more risk-oriented, being willing to, to step out there and make a decision to show a leadership in your role as well as being a manager responsible for managing people is very important. Excellent. Fabulous. Both of you have given such wonderful practical tips and tools and, and ideals and thoughts. Um, either of you have any additional references or, you know, I know, uh, Pierre, you work with an Empowerment Institute. So anything you'd like to say with regards to the institute you work with or any other references or tools that may be out there that our listeners might be able to leverage or benefit from? Sure, thank you. Yes, uh, the Employee Empowerment Institute was actually created to um, to help with this this very difficult uh, in this very difficult area. And really, it takes an employee focused approach, an employee centric approach. So we do talk about how organizations can empower uh, the employees, but the the institute is really committed to helping individuals learn to become more self empowered and. Um, there are a number of tools uh, on the website. It's the EmployeeEmpowermentInstitute.com that uh, employees, um, that individuals can use to um, to further advance their knowledge in this area. Uh, there are articles, and also we have what's called the 3D Employee Empowerment Model, 
which is a model that's been developed to, to work with corporations and with individuals to help them understand that employee empowerment is a three-dimensional um, process. It's, it's uh, both from the corporation standpoint, from the employee standpoint, and then addressing um, the, uh, the employee efficacy component of the, um, of the interaction. So uh, that model is also on the website, and, um, and there are articles related to, um, to how that model works. Okay, Pierre, you want to say that website one more time? Uh, sure, it's the EmployeeEmpowermentInstitute.com. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Lee, anything you'd like to add? You know, just adding on to what Pierre said about, you know, employee development, um, professional development. You know, there's, um, we talked earlier about some tools out there. One I wanted to add is StrengthsFinder 2.0 by Tom Rath. And what's really great about that is it does really look at what employees do well and helps them leverage their strengths. So often we spend, um, you know, uh, a lot of our time trying to figure out what it is that we don't do well and, you know, focus 80% of our time on those 10% things when we could focus a lot more time on the things that we do well and become, you know, just super great at those. So StrengthFinder 2.0 by Tom Rath. Excellent. And I know another tool that um, is out there that kind of goes along that same line, um, Lee, is InterStrength, and I think Linda Behrens is the author of um, that suite of tools. Um, but it can also be very helpful to do just what you've just said, so just kind of echoing another uh, tool that might be helpful. Great. Final thoughts from either of you? Well, I, no, I just want to thank conversation. you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> exactly, Lee. Thank you. Yes, I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity to talk about this very important subject. It's something that... Uh, that I think um, doesn't get enough enough uh, play in in the workplace. And again, I think so many of us are um, dependent upon our employer to sort of create opportunities for us to to mm-hmm. feel empowered, as opposed to taking the initiative. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Pierre. And actually, you raised the um, topic to to me, so I thank you for bringing that topic to my attention. And and again, joining us to have this conversation on it. Lee, any final thoughts from yourself? Yeah, thank you, Cheryl, for the opportunity to be on the show and, and to have the discussion. And Pierre, to learn more about the Employee Empowerment Institute, I think it is a really important topic. And I think that you bringing the conversation forward, you know, about the um, um, responsibility of employees to actually take ownership of this is something that's not talked about quite often enough. So, you know, having this dialogue uh, live on the radio, I think it's really opportunistic for those who are listening today, and hopefully they'll share it with others. Thank Wonderful. you very much. So again, thank you both, Pierre and Lee, and thank you also to our listening audience. We really appreciate your tuning in. We ask you to come back and join us every Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.